Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Y'all got your Bibles? All right. Tonight we're going to cover, uh, see, see how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in this Bible study tonight on the ministry of deliverance. A few weeks ago I did a sermon about uh, the gospel of God is not full gospel unless you include the ministry of deliverance. Jesus Christ had a ministry of deliverance. The early church, if you read about when the disciples walked with Jesus, he gave them power and authority to cast out demons, heal the sick, and to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They did it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then over in the book of Acts, after Jesus had ascended, Holy Spirit uh, came down, came inside them, and gave them power, dunamis power. They began to do the works of Jesus here on the earth. And one of those things they were doing, they were healing the sick, preaching the gospel, and they were still casting out demons throughout the book of Acts. So the ministry of deliverance has not gone away. Uh, just because the early church did it, the present day church needs to also be aware of the ministry of deliverance. You don't hear a lot about it anymore. Uh, it's about like a message of, uh, on fasting. Don't many people preach about fasting. But fasting is still a, uh, a biblical principle that brings us into a place where we can really hear from God. God can work in us and through us. Fasting is, a, is uh, definitely needed for today as much as it was in Jesus' day. But uh, a lot of times the, the church today may... Some, some people believe in healing. We definitely believe in healing at Harvest Time Church. But we also believe and include the ministry of deliverance. We don't shy away from that. We don't, we're not ashamed of, uh, uh, to talk about it. It's not a myth. It's not, uh, the devil is not an enemy that has been, that has gone away. He's not disappeared. He's not, you may not see him, but he's very present and his work is very present in this modern uh, 2023 uh, here on the earth. He, if you watch the news, you can see there's a lot of terrible things going on. It's mass confusion. It's insanity. Nobody has common sense much anymore. Uh, anyhow, ministry of deliverance. Let's talk about some of the scriptures for the ministry of deliverance. Look at 1 Peter 5 8. It's the first one we'll cover up here. 1 Peter. Five and eight. First Peter five eight. And maybe hopefully you'll take notes tonight. First Peter five eight says, Be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 said, resist him. You still have to do something. You have to resist the devil. The Bible said, don't say, act like the devil is not, uh, he, he don't have any power anymore. A lot of people say, you know, we won't have to talk about the devil. Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. He did. But listen, the devil still got power. He still got some power. If he didn't have any power, we wouldn't have these warnings in the Bible about the devil in the New Testament. 
if he was taken care of and was a non-existent thing and his power was stripped completely from him, uh, the only power the devil has now is what you give him. Okay? But he still got power. But you got authority over him. Always remember that. As a child of God, you have the authority to rule and reign in the earth as a child of God through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. But the Bible says you have to be sober and vigilant because your adversary, he's your adversary, he's against you. He's the devil. And he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's goal is to try to bring destruction upon people. Believers and unbelievers. We all get attacked. Nobody's exempt. But thank God for the believers, we're in a better position to resist him. We in a better position if he attacks us, then we know sooner or later attack an attack is coming. You can believe that. It's coming. Sooner or later. Anytime you're doing anything for God, it's worth worthy. And if you're being bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, the enemy doesn't like it. Therefore, he will set uh, plot and plan and scheme to try to slow you down, to stop you. Good examples of that is all through the book of Acts. Paul, a mighty man of God, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out devils, advancing the kingdom of God. But Lord, how mercy at the persecution he got. What do you think these, shit, these boats he got on? I think it says three times he spent the night and, night and day in the ocean on planks of wood. Do you think it was just a coincidence that he gets on these boats and all of a sudden they get a hole in the bottom of them? Where do you think these storms come out come from out of nowhere? I mean, it's a clear day, a blue sky, and you get out there in the ocean, man, it's supposed to be smooth sailing. And out of nowhere, here comes a hurricane. Here comes a storm. Here comes a 30-foot wave. They ain't got the technology that we have today. But out of nowhere, here comes storms. He was always trying to stop the Apostle Paul. Always trying. If he, if he wasn't in the ocean, he was getting arrested. Who do you think behind all this? He's getting arrested. And he's getting beaten with rods. They're throwing him into prison. Uh, stoned to death. Who do you think behind all this? This is a good man. This is not a thief. This is not a robber. This is not a murderer. This is the Apostle Paul doing the work of God in the perfect will of God. God called him to do what he was doing, but the persecution came with the, with the assignment. And Paul knew it was coming. That's why Paul said in uh, Ephesians, I hadn't wrote that one down, but Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, the Apostle Paul said, Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his mind. And he said, put on the whole armor of God. Now we've talked about that several times. But if there was no devil to be worried about, you wouldn't need no armor. That's right. Amen? 
You have, as a child of God, put on the whole armor of God. He said, because we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, put on the whole armor. You've got to put it on because we have an adversary. We have a, an enemy known as the devil, that serpent of old, always trying to, to take us down, get us out of the fight. Uh, that's why the Apostle Paul said, told his spiritual son Timothy, fight the good fight. Amen? Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we win, but we still have to fight. There ain't no laying down, laying over, and Jesus does it all for you. Now you have to do your part. Amen? Amen? This is in the min included in the ministry of deliverance. But as you are well aware of, uh, there's a lot of people in this world that uh, need to be delivered. One amen. amen. Some of them might be in our own household. Might be in our church. But there's a ton of people in the streets that need deliverance. They need to be set free. They are being tormented. By who? The devil, the devil and his evil spirits. Remember, uh, Brother Benjamin, we read in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible said the devil knows his time is short. But when the devil got kicked out of heaven, and he came down to the earth, and it said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Because the devil came with vengeance. Against what? The trees and the birds? No. Not the animals, nor, nor the creation. He came after us. He hates us. Why? Because we created in the image and the likeness of Almighty God. God loves us more than He does the trees. He loves us more than the stars in the sky and the sun and the moon. You are His precious creation. Nothing else is created in His image and likeness but you. Amen. Therefore, you are loved by God. Therefore, you become an enemy of the devil. You own his hit list. So, people that have no sense of uh, things of the spiritual realm don't understand what's going on when they get attacked. They don't understand. And the church today, because they don't understand the ministry of deliverance and don't want any part of it, when someone needs deliverance, the modern day church doesn't deliver them because they don't have the power they're not using the power they're not accepting the power that's been given instead of delivering them they, they refer them to a counselor a counselor will never be able to get to the root of the problem that they need it will take deliverance Jesus dealt in the ministry of deliverance you'll never be able to separate Jesus from deliverance the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 2 and 3 the prophet Isaiah prophesied 600 years before Jesus was ever born what kind of assignment the anointed one would have when he came and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. And then when Jesus was born and he came to age, he was baptized by John and then he went into the synagogue and he, they gave him the scroll and, they, and he, Jesus stood up to teach and Jesus opened the scroll up to the place that Isaiah had prophesied about when the Messiah would come, this is what he would do. And Jesus opened it up to the specific place that spoke of him. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to open the blinded eyes and to set the oppressed free. And Jesus closed the book and went over and sat down. Amen. And they say he sat in the messianic chair yes. that was there that nobody else could sit in. And that all the eyes of the people were fixed on him because he said, this word speaks of me. Amen. He said, I am the fulfillment of what Isaiah spoke about. This day, these words are fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. And his description in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4.18 is identical and the same. And he come to set the captives free. Amen. 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 Jesus was sick. Was, was, uh, he had a, uh, I could say, a holy anger. Because what the devil had, had put upon people that God didn't design for people to be like this. When Adam fell in the garden and fell into sin, his, his authority was lost and given over to the devil. And the devil still got it until the lease runs out. Amen? Amen. But the church has been given authority and power in the name of Jesus to put the devil in his place. And we learned all that in the Believer's Authority series. We learned all that. So, 1 Peter says we still have an adversary. He roams about to and fro. Wanting to do what? Do you good? That he might devour. That's what he wants to do. Devour. 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 It's easy to see when he's at work. Yes. When the devil's at work, there's a lack of peace. He comes to steal your peace. He comes to steal your joy. Can he get it? Only if you get, give it to him. But he tries to, to create chaos. He tries to create uh, adversity in your life. And we have to recognize it and we have to deal with it. But one of the things that we're called to do is to help other people be set free. 1 John 3.8 says, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose, the Son of Man, being Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Y'all hear that? Amen. Jesus 
came to destroy the works of the devil. When you see him, hallelujah, after he comes out of that water and he's got the Holy Ghost, he goes into the wilderness, hallelujah, and he passed the test and defeats the devil in the, in the, in the wilderness. He comes out in the power of the Spirit everywhere the he met the devil. Every time he met somebody that, that had a devil in them, they, people, parents brought their children to him. They were demon-possessed. Uh, people, grown people were demon-possessed. Jesus came to destroy that. So what did he do? He cast the devil out. You know, in the Old Testament, you are, I don't even know if you'll find anything about a demon being cast out in the Old Testament. It's a New Testament ministry. When Jesus came, one of the first things he did was start casting out devils. You know what? He came to rule and reign. Yes. He came to, to walk in his authority. All the authority that Adam lost, he, Adam could have did the same thing, yes. but he didn't. He lost that authority because he didn't use that authority. But Jesus knew he, knew, uh, he was anointed and he knew his assignment and he came to destroy the works of the devil. John, 1 John 3 8, to destroy the works of the devil. Man, when you see him healing people, listen, healing ain't, ain't of God. I mean, sickness and disease is not of God. Healing is of God. Amen? Some people have it in their minds that sickness and disease, God put it on them. I'm not convinced that God has put nothing on nobody unless it's good. He's a good God. Now, if it, sometimes we, we have issues Hallelujah. And some of them are due to we need to be delivered from some of them. Let me show you something scripturally. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 32. I've always been uh, closely attached to the ministry of deliverance. It ain't something that I chose. It's something that I, I was given by the Lord to walk in the ministry of deliverance. To uh, uh, I always wanted to see people healed. I had compassion for the sick. And I also had compassion for those that needed needed to be set free. But I was ordained through Lester Sumrall. Lester Sumrall was a man known as in the ministry of deliverance. If any of y'all know any history about Lester Sumrall, you can look it up on YouTube. But everywhere he went overseas, God used him to cast out devils. Cast out devils. Everywhere he would go, they would be devils manifested. He's like, Lord, I don't really want to be a part of this. There's more glamorous things to do. Just uh, His traveling partner was Howard Carter. Howard Carter uh, taught on the Holy Spirit. And he was one of the best ever of teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But Lester Sumrall traveled with him. They, they were a team. But everywhere Lester went, he was casting out devils. Howard would just sit back and watch. 
But everywhere he would ever, he said he just never got no rest because it, he came into town. People were pulling on him. I need you to come to this house. I need you to go here. I need you to go here. My daughter needs deliverance. My my son needs this. So somebody in our family. And he's like, I can never get no rest. You know why? There's so many people out there that needs the work and the ministry of deliverance, and very few are walking in it. Therefore, when somebody is, they will wear them out. Wear them out. But all of us can walk in the ministry of deliverance. It's part of the believer's authority. Amen? You may not, it may not be something that you're called to, but it's something you can do when needed. You don't have to call the pastor to do it. You don't have to call Brother Summerall to do it. You don't have to call anybody else. You are a believer. If you are a believer, according to Mark chapter 16, 15 through 20, these signs will follow those that believe. Y'all say that with me. These signs will follow those that believe. The first thing, the first sign is what? Cast out devils. First one. If it wasn't so important, you think it'd been the first one? It was important to Jesus because he's seen how many people needed it. I mean, Jesus didn't even have to look for it. It found him. Why? Because he was anointed. He could do something about it. It was New Testament ministry. In Mark chapter 1, verse 22, as he was in the synagogue teaching the word, a man stood up and began to cry out in the synagogue while Jesus is teaching and said, we know who you are. We know who you are. You are the Son of God. Have you come here to torment us before our time? The demons know they will be chained and locked up in the lake of fire one day. Their time is coming. Where did the demons come from? They came from the fall of Satan. Whenever Satan left heaven, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, a third of the angels left with him. That means he had got a third of heaven to side with him in the overthrow of Almighty God. But God didn't put up with it. He cast the devil out and a third of the angels fell with him. Those third of those angels, I, that's we don't even know, can't even probably count that high, how many they are. But listen, they are the demons. They are the spirits that, that work underneath Satan. Satan has uh, a kingdom also. It's called the kingdom of darkness. Jesus has a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of light. Amen? There's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But the devil has a kingdom also. And uh, whenever Jesus was casting out demons, one time they looked at him and said, you're casting out demons in the name of Belial. In the name of Belial, which was a, 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 an idol, a demon spirit that they worshipped back in those days. Belial, the Lord of the flies. Y'all hear me? They said, you're doing that by, by, by an evil spirit. You're casting out spirits. And Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. He said, no, the devil don't cast out devils. Devil, the devil put devils on people. He don't cast them out. He wants them to be that way. 
It's the kingdom of God that has to step in and bring the kingdom of light and expose and deliver people from darkness. That's what we're called to do. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, Colossians 1 13, when you get saved, when you get saved, there's something that happens in the spiritual realm. It says he brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, into the kingdom of his son of love. He brought you out of darkness into his light when you got saved. So, if you were brought out of darkness into light, where were you before you were saved? Darkness. Darkness. Amen. <laughs> we belonged to the devil and didn't even realize it. Yeah. Didn't even know it. Didn't even realize it. But we were, we were yoked up with him. But spiritually, when we got born again, he brought, Jesus brought us out of darkness, redeemed us with his own precious blood, Hallelujah. Called us his children. Made us sons in the kingdom. Hallelujah. To rule and reign now. Just as he did. When he walked into town. Amen. What do y'all imagine happened when Jesus walked into Capernaum? The demons trembled. And the devil was there. What do you think when Jesus walked into you? Reckon Jesus was tiptoeing? You know, that's what a lot of Christians want to do now, though. The devil's in here. Let me tiptoe around. I don't want to upset him. Forget all that. Yes. Jesus walked into power. He said, I know my authority. I know I'm going to put him under my feet. What did Luke chapter 10 verse 19 say? We, we, I, we quoted it a hundred times. There you go. Behold, I have given you a, a power, authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And by no means, I like this part, by no means shall anything harm you. Nothing. Remember that. So you don't have to tiptoe around the devil like, ooh, the devil's over there. I see a demon over there. It's manifesting. I'm going to ease out the back door. No. So that, that demon in Mark chapter 1 verse 22 manifested in the man while Jesus was teaching. Jesus didn't put up with it. He put a stop to it. He didn't sit there and listen to that man rattle on and disturb his meeting. But the devil in the man was speaking. It wasn't the man. It was the demon speaking through the man. We know who you are. We. Who is we? The demons. We know who you are. You are the Son of God. Listen, the demon knew who Jesus was when the religious people didn't know. Yeah, the ones who claimed to know. <laughs> Ain't that something? The demons testified. We know who you are. They don't know, but we know. They recognized the authority and the anointing in him. We know who you are. And the next question was, the Bible said, in I th I th I th James... I can't remember. It said, even the demon believe in God and tremble. That's right. Listen, you can believe in God and still, the demons ain't saved. No. They can't be saved. That's right. There's an eternal judgment waiting on them. But they tremble in the presence of Jesus. They know 
Whatever he said, they have to obey. So when the man stood up and he began to cry out, Jesus took authority over and said, Be quiet and come out. And the demons obeyed. Now this is New Testament delivery. Deliverance. New Testament. Didn't happen in the Old Testament. You don't see Elijah doing it. You don't see Elijah doing it. You don't see Jeremiah doing it. You don't see nobody doing it. But when Jesus comes on the scene, deliverance is at hand. He come to set the captives free. They didn't have legal means to do it in the Old Testament. They didn't even have, they didn't have the Holy Ghost living in them. That's right. Amen. But when Jesus came, man, man, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Y'all got to know this about your Savior. He hates the devil. He is not going to pat the devil on the shoulder, on the head, and take it easy on him. When a devil shows up, Jesus shows out. When the devil shows up, Jesus said, you got to get out. There ain't no pity patting. There ain't no, there ain't no take him to the back room and do it. Jesus on the spot. I believe doing it like Jesus did. If a demon shows up in here, we are not taking him to the back. Y'all understand? Demon shows up in here, he is not going to the back so you can't see. You will see deliverance that day. We will confront it. We will deal with it. In the name of Jesus Christ, it will come out right in front of everybody. Therefore, you will know it's true. Everything done in the back you can't see. I can come out and tell you, well, it came out. Y'all know. Did it. I'd like to see that. Well, you will. If it manifests here, it will, it will be dealt with publicly. Because that's the way Jesus dealt with it. <coughs> Amen. Y'all hear me? There's a lot of churches now, they do things different. Oh, we're going to take him in the back. No, deal with it. Do it like Jesus did it. Deal with it. If it manifests publicly, deal with it publicly. Amen? It don't matter if it's on the street, if it's in the church, or wherever. You deal with it right then and there. We were in here uh, years ago. I was on a, it's a Wednesday night. Very few people were here. My children were here. They were chi all babies then. Children. A lady came in the back, sat on the back pew back there. And before the service was over, I'm like, she ain't going home like she came. Jesus sent her here. So before the service was over, after I got done teaching, I said, ma'am, come up here. I said, you ain't going home like you came. Who told you to come here? She said, I just felt led to come here. And when I started to pray for her, demons manifested. Right here in front of everybody. My children were sitting here watching. They tell you about it today. When I laid hands on her, man, she started, she started foaming at the mouth and, and, and throwing up stuff on the carpet. But we dealt with it right then and there and we got her free in the name of Jesus Christ because God sent her here to be set free. Not to go home like she came. Amen? That's what the church is called to do today. Not send them home like they came. Deal with it. Amen? We gotta be to get our hand dirty. Some people today in the modern church don't want to they don't want to deal with that. That's ugly. Vomit, pew, foaming of the mouth, eyes rolling up in the head, shaking and quirling on the floor. Oh, that scares me. Forget about it. It's about, that's what happens. Grow up. We've been talking about growing up. Don't be running from the devil. Grow up. 
Deal with it. Jesus had to deal with it. Amen? Amen. 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 We ain't going to. I'm going to eat on to the house. No, we're going to deal with it together. We're going to learn. Amen? Amen? If I call you up here and somebody foaming at the mouth, if I call you up here, it's because I, I believe you got the power to help me do it. Amen? Amen. We ain't going to be running. So anyhow, Jesus cast that demon out of that guy, Mark, and he kept on casting them out. Uh, let's see, where are we going to go now? Any questions yet? Uh, look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. We know Jesus did it, but does he want anybody else to do it? Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 and when he had called his 12, 12 disciples it don't say apostles it said disciples you all know what we are we are disciples amen he called his 12 disciples to him and look at this he gave them power or you could say that word uh, authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. You have to cast devils out. You don't cancel them out. You don't talk them out. You cast them out in the name of Jesus Christ. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So this is what his followers followers did in the days of Jesus. They used to be fishermen, tax collectors, and so forth. Just regular, ordinary people. But Jesus gave them authority to go out there and the first thing he did was give them authority to cast out unclean spirits. That's the first one. The second one was, and to heal the sick. What kind of sickness? It didn't matter. He put it into all category. All sickness and all disease. Whenever you're praying for the sick, you should never think anything is too big. It don't matter what they call it. It don't matter how many people died of it. Hallelujah. Jesus said, He's got power to heal every sickness and every disease. And he's given you that authority to do that. Amen? We are New Testament believers. We are the New Testament church. We do what Jesus tells us to do. Amen? Don't matter how many others don't believe it's for today, we believe it's for now. Why? We need, we need just as much power and authority today as Peter and John and Paul ever needed in their day. I believe there's even an increase of, of devils in our day. It's everywhere. So we, we need it and people need it. The ministry of deliverance. Uh, and as I was telling y'all earlier, the Lord called me in this ministry. When I, after I got saved, I began to study the Word, 
study the Word, study the Word, and I was always drawn to the work of Jesus, what Jesus did, what Jesus did, heal the sick, casting out devils. And I said to myself, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. And I began to study behind Lester Sumrall. I was gravitated to him. He had a ministry of deliverance, and I ended up getting ordained under his ministry. And uh, it seemed that whenever I would travel, or even here in America, the Lord always used me in the ministry of deliverance. I didn't seek it. I didn't have to go looking for it. It just happened. And I remember one time going to uh, a maximum security prison. Uh, I, don't, I can't even remember the name of the place. Anyhow, it's a big one. Big, big, it ain't Morgan County. It's the big deal. Uh, it's down No, it's uh, towards Florida. Down that way. Towards Florida. It's past Florida. Anyhow, it was a women's prison. And I went with Pop McCormick. Pop McCormick used to be on death row. And the Lord saved him on death row. After he got out, uh, he was on probation for, I don't forgot how many years. But anyhow, he would go back into the big prisons and he asked me, he said, you want to go with me? I said, yeah, yeah, I'd like to go. And uh, I went in and he preached that day. And after he got done, he asked them, asked them ladies, any of y'all want prayer, come up. They had security guards there and everything. They lined up across the front, a bunch of them. And he said, just start, find you one and start praying. So I found me one. And I'm like, okay. I said, what do you want Jesus to do for you today? That's a common question. Not me. What do you want Jesus to do for you today? She said, uh, I want to be delivered from, from smoking. Delivered. You know, addiction can be spiritual. Addictions can be spiritual. The spirit of addiction has to be broken and cast out. People can get free from addictions. So, I, I said to my, I, I said to this lady, she said, I want to be set free from smoking. In my spirit, you have to be keen to your spirit. Listen to your spirit, man, as you ministering to people. The spirit in me said, there's more than that to it. There's more to it than that. She needs more than just to be delivered from nicotine. I said, mm, okay. I said, is there something else? And she said, no. I said, yeah, there's something else. What is it? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, I have seizures. Check this out. And the Lord said, that's a devil. <laughs> seizures. So I said, okay. I laid my hand gently right here. When I said the name of Jesus, that thing manifested, son. Boom. I rolled up. Shoot. She hit the floor. Boom. And listen, y'all. This ain't spooky. It's just what happened. When I knelt down over her, I'm just like this. Using authority. In the name of Jesus, her back began to levitate off that floor. She was that high. And the security guard came by. And the security guard was tipping the toe around this thing like. And the security guard looked at me. And it was a lady security guard. She said, 
what have you done to her? I said, I ain't doing nothing but getting her free. And the lady said, well, keep on. And she kept on going on down the road. And in just a little while, she dropped back down. Her eyes came back in, and that spirit left her. You don't see a spirit leave, but you can tell by the reaction, the peace that comes back on them. Sometimes they'll cry, but this lady, her, her, her seizures was due to an evil spirit attack. And that is scriptural. Look at, uh, if I can find, uh, Matthew 9. Oh, I think I told you all that a while ago. Matthew chapter 9. Jesus dealt with people that had seizures in the Bible and when he cast the spirit out, the seizures were gone. Uh, Matthew chapter 9 and 32. Matthew 9, 32. Okay. Look at this. Y'all there? And they went out Behold, they brought to him a man, mute. Mute means what? Can't talk. Can't talk. And what? Y'all say it. Demon possessed. He was mute and demon possessed. In verse 33, look at what happened. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. So what was behind the muteness? The demon. You notice Jesus didn't pray for him to be healed. He cast out the spirit and the man was healed. Deliverance and healing is two different ministries. That's why Jesus said, go cast out the devil, go cast out unclean spirit, and heal. Deliverance and healing is two different ministries. And you have to have discernment to know when to pray for healing and when to deal with a spirit that needs to be cast out. Because a spirit can be cast out, it is the root problem behind the sickness. When the demon came out, the man began to speak. So you have to see that. Amen? And the multitude marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. See there? That's that accusation I was telling you about earlier. By the ruler of the demons. They said, You're casting out demons because you have an evil spirit and you have authority over them. Jesus said, This is where Jesus talked about the blaspheming of the Holy Ghost the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. He said, you can be forgiven for talking about me. He said, but if you talk about the Holy Spirit and contribute the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil, then you have blasphemed against God and it is an unforgivable sin. That is what blaspheming actually is. A lot of people think they've blasphemed against the Spirit and they haven't at all. 
It's just a life, a tormenting spirit that torments people, making them think they blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. The only way you can blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is contribute the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Then you crossed over into an uh, area that's very dangerous to enter in. That's why when people, you see people doing miracles, signs, and wonders, uh, if you, I've seen people that are, are childish, not mature, not grown, and they see something on TV or whatever, and they make mockery of it. They say, oh, he's just pushing people over. Oh, he, that, that ain't real. That ain't real. Watch saying stuff like that. If you don't know nothing about it, the best thing to do is be quiet about it and learn. But don't go and make mockery of a minister or the work of, because the minister can do nothing except by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So be careful whenever you talk about ministries that you don't have nothing about. A lot of people that walk in power and authority and deliverance and healing, they can always be persecuted. And religious people are always going to say that ain't real. If you don't believe me, I know some men of God that I have confidence in. But if you look them up on YouTube or, or the internet, you'll find out they'll have a list that long of why they are false prophets. They have a list because they don't walk in that power. They don't walk in that type of authority. They don't think anybody should. But listen, the power and the authority has been given to the church. I'm not saying everybody that has it is real. But I'm saying there's a lot out there that's genuine. And the religious people are the ones that always came against Jesus. It wasn't the unbelievers. The unbelievers were coming to Jesus. Our son, our daughter needs help. We need healing. We need deliverance. The religious people were always the ones saying, It ain't real. You ain't the anointed one. You are a false prophet. You are uh, doing this by the by demonic power. The religious people are the ones he got most uh, adversity from. Self-righteous. Huh? Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. Well, here, I think one of the biggest reasons the religious people had such a problem with Jesus because when Jesus showed up, he was attractive. Not I'm talking about physically. His anointing attracted people. The people that didn't have no hope, the people that were sick, people that needed deliverance, they came to him. When he taught in the synagogues, demons were manifest, their religious people couldn't do nothing with them. Jesus cast them out, and they said they were astonished at, his, at this new doctrine and the authority that he had. Therefore, whenever he went to the mountain, they followed him to the mountain multitudes. Guess where if Jesus was on the mountain, guess where the people were? They were with him. They wasn't with the religious people no more. So the, the people started leaving the synagogues and he began to leave the religious scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. They were getting, their, their money bucket was going down low. Their money, that's right. Because they were out there with Jesus. He was getting all the attention. They wasn't. Their church attendance went down because all the people are out here with Jesus because he got the anointing. Therefore, they said, if we don't get rid of him, we ain't never going to have no people. That's right. So they were jealous, envious, and they began to make up false accusations against him to destroy him. And finally, they succeeded 
only because it was God's plan in the in, in all of eternity that Jesus Christ died on the cross anyhow for to redeem mankind. So God let it happen that way. He used he, he allowed them their plan to succeed. Jesus could have called twelve legions of angels. He could have called he could have came off the cross. But he stayed on it because it was necessary to redeem you and me and the world. The devil would have got a victory if Jesus would come off the cross. Yeah. <clears throat> Ministry of deliverance. But that lady in the prison got set free that day. But that was that was the only one in there that I know that demon manifests. I'm like, why me, Lord? Then I go to Guyana, South America on a mission trip. First time ever traveling. Go to Guyana, South America. And they start spreading us out in different churches. A minister would go here, another minister here. They'd drop me off over here and keep going on down the road. They'd drop us all off. We'd do a service in a new church, in a different church every night. Every church I went to on a different night, demons were manifesting in the church. I get back in the van with all the ministers and I'm saying, hey, y'all, are y'all having to cast out a bunch of demons in y'all services? They said, we ain't seeing none. Like, y'all ain't seeing none? I said, everywhere I go, I'm seeing two and three. Every night. I mean, this is wild. But that's the ministry. The anointing was there. And it just began to happen. I'm like, wow, this is, it was really fascinating to me because I seen the Bible come alive in front of my face when I seen the power that's in the name of Jesus and see somebody that's bound be set free by the name of Jesus. I seen the Bible come to pass. I knew it was true right before my eyes. This works. Amen. This right. is true. This happens. And it's New Testament. People today still need deliverance. Who's going to do it? We are. The church. Who's Jesus dependent on? Us. Us. The church. If we, he said, these signs will follow those who believe. Are we believers or not? Amen. 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 If we are, hallelujah. When a devil manifests, we go into action. What do you have to do? You don't have to know the whole Bible. You just have to know Him, Jesus. Be connected to Him and use His name. And in His name, those demons have to come out when you command them to come out. You don't ask them politely, would you like to go? You say, you're leaving today. Go now in the name of Jesus Christ. And just wait. Have faith. It takes faith to do this. Just sit there. You've given the command. The demon's waiting on you to waver. You don't waver. You going. You going. I was in Thailand one time. I jumped off the stage because a lady manifested a demon down there. And I jumped off the stage. I didn't walk down the step. I jumped off like Superman. Jumped off, left the mic up there, and this lady's down there just growling and, and clawing and, and my interpreter's down there and, and I jumped down there and I, I began to, in the name of Jesus, cast this demon out. And it was it, it was it, it was a process of time. And I heard her say something uh, in her language. I didn't know what she said, but I said, whatever she just said is important. I asked my interpreter when it came out of her mouth. I said, what did she just say? 
Because I knew the demon was speaking. You know what the demon said? I had been saying, come out. You know what the demon said? I'm leaving now. The demon said that. I'm leaving now. You know what I said next? Okay. Go. <laughs> and guess what? She didn't see it, but the woman's eyes came back. She had peace upon her. She got delivered right there in Thailand. It happens. And it's a glorious thing to see somebody that was bound. You loose them and set them free. Man, it's a bad burden to be bound. To have something hold on to you. Press you down. Oppress you every day. Deliverance is the key. A lot of people today are going here, there, and everywhere to get free or get some medicine to deal with a problem. Medicines only medicate a problem. It does never get rid of it. You have to get to the root of the problem. The root spiritually, you have to get the unseen hand of Jesus go in there and uproot this problem. You have to cast this thing out. When you cast it out, you'll be surprised. The outcome, the change that will take place physically. A lot of times the physical problem with the mute was due to a spiritual problem. He couldn't speak physically because he had a spiritual problem. When the spiritual problem was taken care of, he was able to speak. You gotta deal with the spiritual before you do the physical. But everybody in America thinks you can medicate it. Went because the church don't have no power. They gotta learn, we gotta begin to walk into power again for them to have trust in the church again. Amen? Amen. Any questions before I close? Okay, so, one second, Jamie. Oh. Let me close it. Uh, if you've been watching us tonight, it was our honor to have you in this Bible study with us. We hope that you are growing and learning. We're doing our very best to uh, teach the body of Christ to, to walk in the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to set the captives free and bring healing to the body of Christ and to the unbelieving world. Jesus Christ is alive. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is believe in your heart that he died on the cross. He rose from the dead on the third day. If you'll believe this and confess him with your mouth, you shall be saved. We love you. Leave us your comments. Let us know how this, uh, this Bible study was able to help you today. God bless. Jesus is Lord.